Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, and on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show. And I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome. Today, we're going to take it in with 1 Corinthians 6.20 using my step-by-step Bible study method. And you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. 1 Corinthians 6.20 in the NIV says this, You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. A look at the book of 1 Corinthians. I use my Logos software often to find a little book background, and you'll find all the resources in today's show notes. The author is the Apostle Paul. He is writing to the church at Corinth around AD 53-55, and the purpose of the letter is to talk about how to integrate Christian principles, Christian theology, the cross of Christ, the resurrection, the nature of the church, how to integrate those things with practical cultural issues. And some of the issues talked about in 1 Corinthians that Paul talks about is living godly in a corrupt culture, being unified as one body without competition, maintaining the priority of sexual and moral purity within the church, understanding more completely the role of spiritual gifts in the context of the church, Embracing love is the greatest virtue that must live within our hearts, maintaining orderly worship with proper respect towards one another, and keeping the hope of the resurrection burning brightly in our hearts. And even as I just kind of rattle those off, you know, those key elements that Paul is addressing here, man, are those things not the same things that are so important in our lives, in our relationships, and in our faith communities today? The theme of chapter six, according to the Enduring Word commentary, is lawsuits and loose living. It starts off with instructions regarding lawsuits among Christians, and then it moves to instructions regarding sexual purity. Verses 12 to 17 talk about principles for sexual purity. Verse 18 is a command for sexual purity to flee sexual immorality. And then verses 19 and 20, where we're going to camp out today, is a principle and a command for sexual purity that we glorify God in our body. So again, verse 620 says this, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Step one is to choose our word and our word is honor. And the English definition of honor is to regard with great respect. And already I I pause just a little bit and ask myself the question, is this what I'm doing? Am I honoring God? Am I regarding and offering great respect to God by the way I use and take care of my body. The opposite of honor is to disrespect, to insult, to offend, to belittle. Oh, that one, that one kills me. Slight or desecrate. So then the question, right? The 180 of the question is, or is the way that I'm using, taking care of my body, 
actually insulting, offending, belittling, slighting the very essence, the very heart of the God that I adore and worship and want to serve. Step two in the step-by-step method is to investigate. We divide that up in four parts. Part one is we compare the word in other translations. We'll find a lot of times with the word, you'll find a variety of other ways that translators write the English word. And so it's just, I think it's good. It helps us give a little bit bigger context to what we're studying as we look at another translation. So the ASV says to glorify. The DRA says glorify and bear God in your body. So the message says, so let people see God in and through your body. So glorify God with our bodies, glorify and bear God in our bodies. Like, right. Like be a, be a representative of, be a example of, be a reflection of God with our bodies. The message again, so let people see God in and through your body, what we're doing with the body that God has given us to be home to our soul while we're here on earth. Like it matters. It really matters. Part two in the investigate step is to research the original word. The Strong's number is 1392, G1392, doxadzo. I'm not a student of Greek, but I think it's doxadzo. And it means to render or esteem glorious in a wide application. It's from a word that means glory or dignity or honor or praise or worship. And it's from the base of a word that's a prolonged form of a primary verb that means to think to seem to be of reputation, to think, to seem to be of reputation. So allow what we do with our body to be of reputation of God, right? Do we know God? Do we know his characteristics? Do we know his heart? We're going to get to that step in just a moment, but do we know that? And are we reflecting that? Are we being of that as we use our bodies to live our life? The Vines Dictionary talked about this word and defined it like this. It says it's primarily a valuing. Do we value God? Does what we do and how we take care of our body indicate that we value God? Mm. Part three of the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary And here's a couple of things from the enduring word that I thought was interesting. It says, because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, our bodies belong to God and not to ourselves. We are a steward. Actually, we are a steward of our body. It is a gift from him. And so how are we taking care of something? Don't we so often take care of something better if we know that it belongs to someone else, right? This actually, this body that I get to live in for this time while I'm here belongs to God. And so how am I taking care of it and honoring something that actually doesn't even belong to me? The Enduring Word goes on to say, this principle applies to more than our sexual conduct. So we're in this verse of scripture, this section of scripture that's talking a lot about sexual purity and how to how to use our bodies or to not use our bodies in related to sexual experiences. But the enduring word is talking about, hey, this is bigger than that, even though the principle applies to more than our sexual conduct. If our bodies belong to Jesus, we also have no right to be idle with or wasteful of what belongs to him. Our bodies should be put to use to glorifying God. And let me just say right there, if you have a limitation with your body, it doesn't mean that every body needs to be used 
the same, right? Because we have different limitations to our body, but are we using our bodies to the best of our ability, to the best of its ability to glorify and honor God? William Baker in his commentary says, no longer slaves to sin, they belong to God and should pay him the respect he is due for the grace and love he has shown them by his sacrifice. Their allegiance is now to God and him alone through Christ. This allegiance is shown in many ways, but one crucial way is by honoring God with their individual bodies. Our allegiance to Christ is shown in many different ways. But one crucial way is by honoring God with our individual bodies. So part four of the investigate step is to rewrite the verse. So I'm going to read it again in the original, in the NIV. It says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. And I rewrote it this way. I said, consider the sacrifice that makes it possible for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He lives in and works through you. He lives in and works through me. His power is ours. Because of that, we are called to make decisions with our bodies, with our outside works, the evidence of how we obey God's instructions that demonstrate we value the sacrifice. Again, we show our allegiance to Christ in many ways, but one of those ways and one of the most obvious ways the world can see, an unbelieving world can see, is how we take care of how we steward this precious gift that God has given us that isn't ours, it's his, it's our body, it's our physical health. Step three is to find the character of God. And for step three and step four, there are prompts in the study sheet, if you if you like, if you're interested in that. But a couple of things that I wrote down about how I see God's character, his heart in what we're studying today is, first of all, that he is honorable, that he is worthy of great respect. And I'm called to show him that respect with my actions. I wrote down that he is excellent. And as he is excellent, so my behavior must be excellent. And then finally, I wrote down that God is merciful because we will fall short, excuse me, because we will fall short of this goal, the Lord extends his mercy and invites us to grow more and more in his image. As we grow in our relationship with Christ, so other things should grow. And one of those things is how we take care of ourselves, right? How we reflect um, God's glory in the way that we take care of ourselves. It's it's hard sometimes in this world that we're living in and the busyness and the pressure to keep going, especially as women. I think a lot of times we really put our self-care way down on the list, our physical, emotional, mental self-care. But here's one thing that I have figured out, and this took me a long time because I thought I was doing right by my people when I worked to exhaustion, when I worked to serve them to exhaustion. But here's one thing that I know to be true. When I stepped back and looked how I was living my life and realized it had to change, that something had to change in my life. And I began to go to therapy when I began to really mark out time for myself and for my time with God that was really non-negotiable for the most part. Like I have to get into the word. I have to be reminded of his promises. I need a Christian coach or a counselor or something to help me work through some of these things that are really pressing on my heart. When I begin to make those kind of things a priority, I cannot tell you how much evidence there was in my relationships that I was loving my people better. 
I was loving them better. I was serving them better and I was loving God better and I felt his love better. And so I just lift that up as encouragement because we are not doing people favors by running on fumes, running on empty and running until we just fall over in exhaustion. That's not good for us. And it's not good for our people. We can't serve people well like that. Okay. I'll move on now. Obviously I feel very passionate about that. Step four in the step-by-step process is to identify the lie of the enemy and some of what I was just talking about is the lie of the enemy, right? Like this is a couple of things that I wrote down. I wrote down that the enemy sometimes tempts us with times have changed. What used to be seen as ways to honor God with our physical bodies isn't as important now. We think about that, like the way that sex is so just tossed around, thrown around, like made fun of even. I think that's what breaks my heart so much with like just current sitcoms and things like that, where it's just like sexual acts are such a joke. And I, that makes me so sad because God has given us this gift of sexual intimacy. And that's just one part of taking care of our bodies, but he's given us this precious gift of sexual intimacy. And we just throw it around carelessly and it breaks my heart. And times have changed, but God's precepts, God's instructions around that They have not changed. And the reason they haven't changed is because what was best for people when he first instructed them to live a certain way is still best for people. Um, And so anyway, yes. And so there's another another lie of the enemy that I um, wrote down is taking care of yourself, whether it's nutrition, exercise, rest is selfish, which is what I was talking about just a moment ago, that sometimes it can feel so selfish when we set aside time to really deal with the things of our body, our mind that need attention. And here's just a little PSA. What doctor's appointments do you need to make this week? What have you been maybe putting off because your schedule is so full, right? Do you need to go and get your mammogram? Do you need to get a physical? Are you supposed to draw blood? Did your doctor tell you you should be monitoring your blood pressure or something like that and you're just not doing it, friend? Do it. Make your health, make your self-care a priority. Do you need to investigate and find a, a counselor that can help you work through some things that are just plaguing you? Do it. Us doing it is a reflection of how we are honoring God with our physical health. Okay. I've been on a soapbox a little bit in this episode. If you're still with me, thank you. Step five in the method is asking, so what? So that's our takeaway today. Maybe your takeaway can be, I made a doctor's appointment. If you made a doctor's appointment because you know you needed to and you heard this and you got, you stopped the episode and you called your doctor, good for you. Email me. I want to know. I want to know you did that. Step five. So what uh, is our takeaway? Here's what I wrote down. It matters. It matters what I do, what I say, how I take care of myself, how I serve others. It all matters because it's an indication of how much I remember, consider, and value Christ's sacrifice and dedication to me. Christ's sacrifice for me and his dedication to me. It matters. It matters. Okay, so whether you made a doctor's appointment or not, I'd love to hear your takeaway. If you have a takeaway from today, email me. Uh, Take a second and email me. I'd love to hear from you. Steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, 
I would so appreciate if you would subscribe or follow to the show, follow the show. It helps the show a lot. And it also just ensures that you will see every episode uh, when it drops. And I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for our Live It Out episode. Dr. Donna Chaco will be with us to share how building our life on a foundation of faith can affect our physical health. She's a retired medical doctor and she talks about how our faith affects our physical health and also how we can take charge of our own health instead of leaving the responsibility just to the doctors. It's a great episode. I encourage you to listen in on Wednesday with Dr. Donna Chaco. Friend, thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.